All right, all right. Let's just dive in. Ladies and gentlemen, blocka, blocka, blocka. Welcome back, all our listeners. This is the Transatlantic Bridge, connecting you know where to you know where. Seriously, Stockholm, connecting to Harlem, the United States to Sweden, but also the world at large. This is the podcast called This Moment. I am Jason Diakite. As a rapper, I go by the name Timbuktu, and I'm here as always with my dear brother, superstar chef Marcus Samuelson. Now, also a name that is on the lips of every person in Sweden that I meet, <laughs> Marcus. It's crazy over here, man. Yeah, man. I mean, you knew about Pusporet way before I knew about it, and. You were the one that said, hey, we should go and do this. And I had so much fun. Can you explain for American listeners, what is Pusparet? Pusparet. Pusparet means on track. So it's a game show, like a quiz show, kind of like Jeopardy or something like that, where the the premise of the show is that, so there are two teams competing against against each other, two teams of two people in each team. So it was Marcus and I, it was you and I, Marcus, against uh, uh, one of Sweden's top uh, political TV, yeah. TV journalists, does like hardcore uh, political uh, analysis, was the Swedish National Broadcasting Corporation's correspondent in the United States. So it's like mm-hmm. big job. And her uh, teammate, uh, Marcus Oskarsson, so her name was Karina Bergfeldt, and and Marcus Oskarsson, her teammate, is for the other big, the, the biggest, uh, uh, the biggest uh, private network. He was the U- uh, the co- correspondent to the United States for them. So like two hardcore journalists. Sure. And then cut to the chef and the rapper. All yes. Right. So the premise, the premise for the show is that you're supposed to guess where uh, you get a series of clues and you're supposed to guess on a city. So on track means basically you're riding a train and your destination is a city. You don't know which city it is. And they give you all these very kind of enigmatic kind of riddle, uh, tricky wordplay clues on where you're going. And if you can guess at the first level, you get 10 points. Then it gets a little easier. You get eight points, then six points, four points. It's two points for zero. So anyway, um, Marcus and I, we did our first uh, episode. It aired just recently. And the weird thing, all right, so Sweden is 10 million people that live in Sweden. Three million people look at wow. this show. A third. Like it's aired a third of the country's population, like probably more than half of the adult population look at this. It's on Friday nights, eight o'clock everybody's there i hadn't even realized what that it, like what being on that show means and what what that impact feels like but i can say this i'm feeling it now because everywhere i go at the airport at the train station on the bus in the cafe people are coming up to me like it was so fantastic oh my god you guys just like killed him and marcus <laughs> like marcus he's so he's so happy his energy <laughs> It was incredible to see he celebrated each point that you yeah. guys got. Like you guys brought so much energy to the show. It was much more exciting because this is usually, guys, this is usually, Listen, I would say like a stuffy show, but it's like very kind of low key. Serious. Yeah. People are very, yeah, serious. Like 
And Marcus, you just came in there like, hey, what's this, guys? Yeah. Okay, let's go. And then you were like, Yay! You want to be Cameroon in the World Cup. That's the goal. Like every year at the World Cup, there's always an African team that I'm rooting for. So you go mm, listen mm. to be Cameroon in the World Cup. You might want to go do it. this one. The, yeah. The... yeah. Yes. This yes. One. Exactly. Yeah. 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 You want to be doing this type of stuff. Whoop, Next time. Whoop, yes, whoop, yes, whoop. yes. 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 Yeah. 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 But it was fun, and we and what I have to say, I was so impressed with the music because. There's a lot of pop culture quiz, but they also have an incredible band each time, different bands. And the way they're kind of mixing up two songs at the same time. But that setup uh, for me was very, very impressive. And I just had fun, man. It wasn't my you were dope. in Gothenburg. You brought exactly. It's, it's recorded in a studio in Gothenburg, but you brought so much energy to the Swedish people, Marcus. And I tell you, Uh, people are really excited about that, you know. But did your father watch it though? <laughs> My dad did not watch it. It's like it. I'm sorry, man. It doesn't matter. That like you, okay, you were on. I told him, yeah. Did you see the TV show? It's like, oh no, what what TV show? I was like, Postal. I don't know. I didn't see that, you know. <laughs> you know what I love about him? He's consistent. He's very yeah. He's consistent, consistent, and it's not like it's not a problem for him. Like, no, wait, no. it's a problem for you. You didn't yeah. see it, but yeah. like, uh, but um, <laughs> but what? But but um, but I think people are coming up telling him about it because he did. Like, he was like, I heard you know that you and Marcus were on this thing and did really well. Uh, the other thing that was fun about being home with hanging with you was I got a chance to see you live performing yeah, it in, yeah. in Gothenburg. And I love the new band. Masaka Trio, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah Under yeah. 30, uh, Esther Kirabo, uh, and Masaka Trio, Under 30, jazz band, jazz singer. But uh, I'm amazing. so happy that they you were... got to experience And And, and, and uh, with your, I mean, the show is really dope. So, uh, you know, it's... it's Thank you, it's, brother. It, it needs to be in an intimate setting because it's it really requires... Mm listening you know what i mean and the Listen. audience does mm. probably 50% of sort of like if they're not into it, it doesn't work so it's very intimate no. you know? and it's um it's actually made for i mean contrary to playing at festivals and so mm -hmm. forth where you want you know movement from the audience you want them to like feel another vibe and you you know usually when i play it's like way higher volume it's like uh, a nine piece band with mm -hmm. horns and so forth so it's a whole different like energy level Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. One of my favorite things in Sweden too was in between we were shooting, 
you know, all the other guys, they were like studying. And I'm like, studying what? You don't know what the question's going to be. But Jason and I was also <laughs> studying. We were studying music. Uh, yeah, so man. Jason showed me this. You showed me this incredible clip of James Brown in Paris. Mm -hmm. I want to say 1967. At the Olympia, 1967, brother. And yeah. the song is only eight and a half minutes. <laughs> can, you just, <laughs> can you just like take us there? Because it's an, for me, it's like, I love spending time with you, but like when we talk about music and I try to like not bring up music too much with you because you're in music all day, but it was gems oh. like that when I was just like, I don't want to be anywhere else. We don't even have to go out and do the show. Just show mm -hmm. me the next mm -hmm. clip. And we're just sitting mm -hmm. and we're having so Vibe much it. fun, whether we're like 15 yeah. or middle mm -hmm. age, you know, and everybody else. It is takes, us, around, it takes you know? us right back to like, you know, that you're, you're, uh, yeah, like being a teenager and just yeah. like listening to listening to stuff, uh, the joy of just uh, kind of discovering, discovering. things. Discovering. Uh, I mean, this is obviously music I've heard many, 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 many times, but there's still that kind of sense of like discovery and also realizing that these are these are my teachers. Uh, you know, to understand black excellence and brilliance, it's it's not linear, right? And I think. To see it and hear it through James Brown and Prince are two sort of like incredible ways to watch it because they're clearly genius, right? Both very similar, very but also very different. But in James Brown world, because it's so much before Prince, so much of pop culture, what you see today, it really stems from James Brown. And what happens very often is with black icons, you know, they, they entertain for a long time and a lot of stuff happens. And we remember maybe just the drug part or just the crazy part, but James Brown, that you know, I don't think pop culture would be today the way it would be without no, James Brown. No, no way, man. And no way. No, no, no. James Brown. No Prince. No Prince. No D'Angelo. Mm. Uh, no D'Angelo. Let's see. No. Uh, well, Andre is also completely uh, Andre three thousand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, everybody, everybody, everybody was shaken out of James Brown's coat, basically. Mm. Michael Jackson, Prince, mm -hmm. uh, he's kind of the, the godfather, not only of soul, not only of funk, but of the way of modern kind of musical entertainment on stage, mm. you know, mm. like going on a stage with a band or a DJ. Wow. All of that stems from it. like his dance, move, just the dance moves themselves. And we have just the drum, the drum beats themselves, mm. uh, the way the guitar is playing, you know, that's also at the same you know while james brown is at the peak of his career he's also inspiring you know lee scratch perry in jamaica yeah and yeah. and uh and uh bunny whaler and and bob marley and, and goes to uh, west africa yeah and is inspiring phila kuti mm -hmm. like at the same time they're doing their interpretations of what they're hearing coming out of the united states but I mean, that's, not, that's yeah, my not, whole point. not only yeah yeah that's my point about <clears throat> blackness you have to understand it it's this is way before internet and this is way before MTV. So, you know, you Yo, that is, that is, that is the black CNN yeah, right there. Exactly. Like he's, he's broadcasting. Yeah. Like he's sending out a message of energy, mm -hmm. of vibe of communication to the world. And the people that hear him, Fela in, mm -hmm. in Lagos, you know, uh, 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 Bunny Whaler in Kingston, but it's on England and unapologetically, right? And it's so different because when you think about traditional pop culture, we think about it almost like institutions. How many Grammy did you win? Uh, how many number one hits did you have? Do you know what I mean? Oh, oh. And when you think about someone like James Brown, 
You can almost throw all of that context out because it's not real. Hey, man, James Brown owned radio stations. What? Channels? He owned radio stations. James Brown was the first, to my knowledge. Now, I haven't, and I don't have my computer in front of me, so I can't Google it and double check it. He was the first black entertainer, black musician, artist to own his own jet plane. Yeah. Yep, yep. He had his own private jet, yep. you know, like way before Drake, yep. man. Like, you know, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just you know, yeah. and, and this is this is at a time where I mean 1967, where where the, the clip that we saw of James Brown playing at the Olympia Theater in Paris, when that was recorded, that's the same year that marriage between a black person and a white person in 17 states of the United States had just been just been made legal. Voting right, right? is so, two years old. Voting rights <coughs> are two years voting old. Voting rights, two years old. The Civil Rights Act is, uh, what, three years old? Mm -hmm. uh, voting Rights Act is, is two years old. Uh, you know, at that time, at this time, and I mean, not only is James Brown unapologetic in his artistry, and and so pioneering and cutting edge but he's also unapologetically black you mm -hmm, know mm -hmm. un you know asking for no uh, 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 invitation he's just yeah, i heard i, I heard, have to say. i was on, uh, i was on my park yesterday with my son and i heard three biggest songs i've never heard and it was amazing really? and it was just amazing to hear like and the the dude was like yo these night songs never got released and it was just amazing because you know Biggest Voice as soon as it comes on. Mm -hmm. And it's just like you feel like you've heard everything because, you know, it's 25 years ago now. Mm -hmm. And obviously in New York, it plays all the time. And I was like, yo, isn't this Biggie? He's like, yep. They never got, <laughs> never got released. And this is mm -hmm. just in the park pumping. And I was like, wow. Yeah. And I stopped my son's eye and I was like, Yo, this is Biggie, you know, one of the biggest lyricists at all time. And he's like, all exactly. right, I want to continue to play. But, you know, for me, it's like, <laughs> what? There's stuff. There's there you go. Dear transatlantic listeners, that's those are two. That, that's uh, one clear difference. Uh, you'll never hear Biggie Smalls in a park in Stockholm. Hidden shit, you though. Might, hidden shit. Uh, you might. Yeah, yeah, hidden shit, too. Yeah. Like, unreleased stuff. Yes. You won't hear that, like. If you want to hear unreleased Biggie, you got to hang out in parks in New York City. Yeah, uh, not in Stockholm. Yeah. <laughs> but speaking about originality, I think, and I'm very. There's two things I want to big you up for. So you know, mm -hmm. you got to take it. First of I'm all, I'm going to take it, brother. Congrats to the U.S. launch of uh, One Drop of Midnight. You know, mm -hmm. just saw that, so that's amazing. I know you've been working on it for a long time, and it just got launched. And I'm also super excited because in this spring, you're going to launch the show here on Holland stage with um, A Drop of Midnight. And what I love about the show is that what you were aiming for was actually to present something that was highly original, you know? And that's probably my favorite thing about the whole show, that you really, you really try to present something that was not... You could have just gone up there, done your top seven songs read from the book and people would have had a great night out, but you really try to sort of tell a journey. So when, when is it going to be on Harlem stage? So drop of midnight is a book that I wrote came out in Sweden in 2016 came out, uh, 
uh, in English uh, recently, um, right actually at the beginning of the pandemic mm -hmm. was be released again now. And I turned that into a stage performance, kind of fusing uh, a reduction of the book story. Uh, so kind of the, the bare bones of the book story. And I tell that story set to music, uh, both music that I've written together with the composer, Eric Yaffe, uh, and to uh, some classic jazz and, and, and gospel music and, and some blues. Um, and to, to tell the, the story about my family's journey from rural South Carolina to Harlem and then to Sweden, basically, mm -hmm. and, and where that has where that has left me, how it has shaped me, how that legacy uh, has affected what I want to pass on to my daughter and uh, to my son, who's due in four months. Um, big up, big up. And, and, and just pass on to uh, BIPOC people worldwide, basically. Mm -hmm. uh, anybody who has, like you and myself, who have... Um, roots that branch into different continents, countries, classes, and colors, um, who have stories that are not linear, that are uh, non-normative, uh, who have uh, their feet planted in, mm -hmm. in soil of different, of different kinds, you know? Mm -hmm. A and celebration of identity crisis. Yeah. Uh, turning identity crisis into identity wealth, mm -hmm. really. Mm -hmm. And that's what the story, bottom line, is about. How I went from feeling like, from feeling half to realizing that I was double. That's amazing. And we, we need work. I mean, that's like both you and I are uh, going to have a little one in spring of 22. We just, Maya and I just announced... Yep. Crazy new baby year yeah. new baby yeah. year and even the way we was that you you just announced that we're gonna have a little grace ethiopia that's gonna be our grace name. ethiopia and yes, you know sir. and we were wanted to be <clears throat> very clear about you know obviously ethiopia has gone through a very very tough 12 to uh, 16 months and it still want, is still and still is, is. And uh, Maya and I both want to associate it with something positive and beautiful so that, therefore, grace Ethiopia. And, you oh, know, for that's us... That's a beautiful name. Thank you. But for us, you know, the whole point with, you know, Zion and Maxis and the next generation is I want to leave work that is meaningful, right? So when they go and discover and then find the curiosity, they find that they can read a drop of midnight and see themselves obviously not the same story but different story right but there's there are mirror images of that and i feel like that's like my whole work with food is that african origin food should be on the same parallel universe held on the same high level as french and european food right so anytime i'm on a news or anytime i'm doing anything in the public i want to bring in dawa dawa cholof because it took me a lifetime to learn about you know all the french duxelles and all the beautiful um truffles and all the terms that we learned right so those were tongue twisters to us too so for me it's really important as an ambassador in the field to 
bring in all kinds of African narrative words into the same level as we learned about risotto. Mm. Or so you could get so you could get a sauce yasa to be exactly. as. Uh, as, as world-renowned as Beau Blanc, basically. Yes, of course. And yeah. we lost, and I think it takes creatives to do this. So obviously, music is probably the best way where Africa and Black culture has really mm. shown mm. that, right? But then you think about brilliance and excellence is everywhere, right? If you think about in fashion, right? We just lost an icon, right? Mm. Mm. Think about what Virgil brought into it. Speak, brother. Virgil really brought in the connectivity between Ghana, Africa, street, and highest end of fashion in parallel universe, mm. right? And yeah, and not just—I mean, also just, fusing art, uh, activism, yes. music into fashion. Yes, meaning that you know a piece designed uh, or or. or uh, or created by Virgil Abloh uh, was telling a story, mm -hmm. a story that was beyond a look, mm -hmm. you know, that was beyond surface, a story mm -hmm. that had meaning, that had symbolism, that had roots, that had identity. It's, it's, yes. uh, I was speaking to uh, uh, a friend of mine, Angelo, Angelo da Silvera, who has a beautiful brand uh, called the Mond, uh, which is a black owned, fashion house in in sweden uh not very many of those i'll tell you yeah. this might be <laughs> might be the only one yeah. in sweden yeah and i asked him about you know how how, how did how did uh, virgil ablo's passing hit you and uh said it was heavy man i mean he was pulled before his time 41 years old you know it's really sad for his family mm -hmm. he had two children two small children and a wife but he said that the amount of doors that Virgil Abloh kicked in at such a young age, yes. he said, those doors are now kicked in. He literally said that, you know, he's like, that day when I'm in a meeting pitching to Volvo, I can reference Virgil Abloh yeah. having done that with Maybach, mm -hmm. you know, or having done that with like uh, designing jet planes. So those doors are kicked in. And he was like, he kicked in so many doors in such a short time with his creative mind. And now his example is something that this generation of future generations can lean on and say, well, he did it. And listen to how I want to take that and take it one step further. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's like Obama kicked in the door to the Oval Office. Yeah. You know, the, uh, before Obama, Nobody could even conceive of the possibility of uh, a person of color uh, holding the highest office in the United States, the, the most powerful position politically in the world. But yeah. after Obama, we know it's possible. And you know that there's a kid or several kids out there that saw that and who are on their way to the Oval mm -hmm. Office. They're not there yet, but they're on their way, Marcus. You don't know who it is, no. but they'll show themselves. Okay. And it's possible, but I also think with Virgil, to stay with that for a moment, because I really think he, first of all, defined, redefined what it meant to be an artist. So he could work in fashion, but he could also do a sculpture, and he could also be an 
architect and a designer, right? So it wasn't that he wanted to stay in one pocket. He could also come and set and DJ, right? And I just mm -hmm. love that idea, right? That identity. But then also, if you think about Off Whitey's brand that he started mm -hmm. and had sit on the creative, you know, the highest level of Louis Vuitton, and he made Louis Vuitton, so that little thing became more, that wasn't the little thing, that was a big idea, right? But the mm -hmm. fact that off-white made Louis Vuitton relevant, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah I see the links cool. with hip-hop, right? That thing that was started, that people looked at, ah, oh, that will never become something, is today pop culture. And I do think there is something about Virgil's energy being unapologetic, linking the street, street culture, linking Africa, walking it all the way into the boardroom, but also showing there is commerce there. There's jobs to be had. There are brilliant designers that we're not calling designers yet, right? But there are designers. And Virgil, for me, represented all of that. And when I and see, yeah, I see yeah, a road I food, totally agree. if I drive in Jamaica or in Africa and you see the road food, for me, mm -hmm. that's just as good as the food in a pie posh restaurant. And they don't mm -hmm. even see themselves as chefs, but there are chefs, just like you. And if you see a griot, in the corner in Senegal, uh -huh. or when you go to Africa, mm -hmm. that guy might not even think of himself as a lyricist, as an artist, as an artist, mm -hmm. but he truly is. So I think it's mm -hmm. up to ambassadors locally and nationwide and worldwide, like ourselves, to actually to bring that to the forefront. So anytime I'm on any type of media platform, right? So for example, if I'm on Swedish TV, I'm bringing the African designer in the room. Why wouldn't I? Why, yeah, why wouldn't hell I? yeah. Hell yeah. You did. Yeah, of, course, of course. We have to. <laughs> you brought it to Postpog. Yeah. So, you brought so, it to people's living rooms. So those are the type of things that I think we sit up. Mm. You can always ask yourself, right? If you're of the of the diaspora, what can I do? I might be a teacher or I might only speak to this community. Bring it. Whatever that is, whatever right. auntie right. made, whatever your aunt made. Uh bring it, whatever that it mm. is, because it needs to yeah. shift, you know? And Virgil Abloh also, you know, continues in that long tradition of black cool, mm -hmm. having brought coolness, you know, like talked about James Brown or Nina Simone or Lauren Hill or Prince or, uh, mm -hmm. you know, all our heroes, the pioneers, the, the foremothers and forefathers, the ancestors, that brought cool to the world. Miles Davis, mm -hmm. uh, you know, Charlie Parker. Mm -hmm. um, Mystique, too. Ma, Ma Baker, Mystique and cool. And that's what Virgil brought to Louis Vuitton. I mean, mm -hmm. really, I don't own any Vuitton because, well, I just don't, you know, I can't, I don't have it in me to really uh, spend money in that way on, it, 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 for those type of things. But for those who do and who that means a lot to, totally uh, uh, reformed what that you know brand I think means and looks mm -hmm. and feels mm -hmm. and now it feels cool from having made you know uh, luggage and I don't know in yeah. the box clothing to something totally much more relevant and with deeper meaning you know we salute you Virgil Abloh rest in power you know uh, Chadwick Boseman Bismarcky, Shock G, uh, Black Rob, help me fill in the gaps here, Marcus. We've had so many people that yeah. passed this year. We salute you. We salute you. 
Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Jason, where would you be? I know if hip hop wouldn't come and grab you circa 1989, 1990, where would you, what direction would you head in? Can you answer that? Hard to say, man. Hard to say. I would say maybe, I would say maybe I would be some form of, uh, I'd be working in journalism or <clears throat> something maybe not too far from what my uh, uh, work looks like today. That is, I don't know, either journalism or, or uh, somehow, maybe not, because hip hop was really what made me, um, uh, that's how I learned to stand on stage in front of people and, you know, meet people's eyes and, 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 and transfer that energy from the audience back uh, into myself and back to them. Uh, so I think hip hop really taught me that. So I don't know if I'd be doing anything that was like in the public eye, the way uh, uh, my work as an artist has, has kind of placed me today, but I think I'd definitely be writing in some way. So I'd say probably uh, journalism, um, uh, writing reportage or, or yeah. writer, you know, no, I see that. Maybe poet. Uh, yeah, I see that. But, but I, hey, but maybe, you know, maybe lawyer, maybe civil rights lawyer. I don't know. I have no idea. Maybe I'd be standing, uh, you know, uh, washing the dishes, uh, you know, way down the line at Aquavit. Who knows? You know, the only thing is, though, that that level of and, joy, and could be dead and in jail, you know, or dead or in jail. My, you know, that's also a, seriously a possibility. No, but also that level of joy that you bring that really comes, I mean, in many ways, hip hop raised you. You show up on time. It was one of the, you know, you you bring the band together, and there's a level of joy and commitment to the craft because you're really into it. You're really deeply passionate. About but it the craft. also it also gave me the the uh, uh, it helped me kind of create the tools and and the kind of uh, inner strength to say, you know. I am somebody, 
Like I have something. You know, I have something to offer. I have worth, you know. Uh oh, no doubt. I was listening to I was listening to KRS one and if you know if you ever like next time we get together in a room, Marcus, we'll listen, we'll go on to YouTube and we'll listen to KRS one, the lots of lectures that he's mm-hmm. given, like other than all the amazing music that he's created. He was saying that value is not true value is not is not the things that you own. It's not how much you can earn uh, for what you have to offer. He said, true value is who you are and how you manage when you have nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's being able to, (laughs) the true value is basically being able to manage. It's like, how low can you go? being able to manage with nothing like how can you handle that and how do you manage that how do you navigate that that uh well i i think for me i mean without food i think i really struggled to know where i would be because you know food really disciplined me it hold me accountable to myself in terms of the craft right it humbles me but it's also the one thing i always run towards to to learn more so that you know as a black kid in sweden as you know in sweden there's a saying don't think you are somebody but i am somebody right exactly and we go back and forth with this as black kids because it's so clear that we are someone right of course everyone is somebody but well you mean it's so clear that that the system and structures in place are created to kind of uh instill you with the sense that you aren't somebody or don't strip yeah, that don't strip stick you out of whatever somebodyness. Yeah, don't stick out in a cloud. Don't do this. And we are already standing out. And for me, what what food gave me is this endless puzzle that I know I can never solve the puzzle. Right? I'm just not. <coughs> I can study all my life, but what I can do <coughs> is to leave a couple of clues to the next generation, so we're a little bit better off. It's a little bit more equal. There's a little more people in the room. Like the field that are a part of food, right? <coughs> it will never be perfect. And there's so many different ways to enter food. You can do it through activism. You can do it through the aid system. You can do it through fine dining. You can do it through street food. It's all food, right? You can do it through spirituality. And that's, for me, it's like, there will always be new songs written, right? That you can guarantee that. And there will always be new food created. And so it's a puzzle for me that I can never solve. And I love that because I know I need to have this endlessness running towards this. Otherwise, I would I don't trust myself what I would do without food. I, I could easily run towards, I have a lot of energy and easily could have folded that into negative energy. You know what I mean? But food mm-hmm. always gave me Absolutely. positive energy, you know? Mm-hmm. And my heroes. And I had you know, the story of music. I could always come to It was your yellow brick road. It was your North Star. Yeah. It was your identity. And in that sense, it becomes like an extra parent or an mm-hmm. older sibling yeah. or a, a guide and a prophet and basically something to live for, a yeah. reason to get up in the morning, a reason to do your very best, a reason to be nervous, stand yeah. on your toes, a reason to say, okay, uh, I'm going to take this money that I earned and go to Austria yeah. and just yeah. 
study. spend time there until I have a reason to study, a reason to learn. It's you amazing know? you say that. Curiosity. Yeah. I mean, I felt, I mean, without never met him, I felt like Basquiat was like my older brother. I was like, who is this person? Who is this guy? Basically just like, you know, eight years older than me or whatever. And it's like, he made it in the art world? When I didn't know anything or anybody that looked like us that can navigate through the art world. Like, who is this guy? And it's so unorthodox. And what's up with his hair? And all of these things, right? I was like, I need to go to New York. Yeah, and who said this is a painting? Yeah, right. Just question yeah, everything, yeah. right? And I was yeah, like, yeah. whatever he's doing, I need to like track it. You know what I mean? Mm. So that I really, when you talk about an older brother, I felt like that. You know what I mean? And when I met mm. his family, you know, they were just laughing at me because it's the first thing I said to to the cuz. It's like, yo, we're cousins because I've known you forever. And they're like, what are you talking about? And that's how I felt. You know what I mean? <laughs> but tell me, how did you meet how did you meet the family? Where were you? How did you meet them? Just for cooking. I, you know, I get invited to these things that I cook for. And, mm. you know, something I just cook for. And I specifically did this because I would meet Basquiat's family and uh, mm. and just wanted to tell some of the gigs you've had, brother. Yeah. The gigs you've had. That's like a different you, episode. You did your thing. Hey man, you, yeah, it's a different episode, but you know, and you, you started, you know, from your grandmother Helga yeah. teaching you how to make meatballs or how to mash potatoes, uh, how to, you know, uh, to you doing, practicing your art in the White House. The next year, you know, or for Basquiat's family, or in yes. Christchurch, yes. you know, yes. in Christchurch, yes. you know, saying no more about Christchurch, but but yeah. just you know. Uh, to the other end of the world, to, to Singapore, to yeah. Hong Kong, to to uh, you know to uh, South Malma. Africa, South Africa, Malmo, yeah, South Africa. I did feel like when you I was know. cooking for Desmond Tutu and stuff like that. I did that was like a moment for me that I felt it. But Jason, next year we're going to do this moment in Miami for Art Basel mm. because I just feel yes. like I was just there. Were, were you there this yeah, year? Yeah, yeah, and I met yeah. all the artists and everything. But I was like. Damn, Jason needs to be there. I just felt like yo, yo, no. I've always, you know, yeah, I'm kind of like your your uh, your cousin from the country, but I I was always confused. I thought Art Basel was in Switzerland, you know. I mean, I I couldn't understand the OG though. Yeah, yeah. okay, okay, okay. Yes, because I couldn't get one and one together. It's like people are talking about Art Basel. I'm like, yeah, but they're talking about something in like Switzerland. Like, what is this? And then I was seeing pictures from Miami. Yeah. Not this year, because by now yeah. I knew. But we're talking several years yeah. back. I was always very, yeah. Very no, that's the original. That, you, yeah. you you're doing it right. You do. Mm-hmm. You're going to the OG. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, no, we it it was it was fun. Um, and it's always you learn about new creativity. We did an event with Derek Adams, an incredible artist. Derek Adams he did talk at the restaurant and. It's always fun people you know shout out to venus williams came through and and just a bunch of people in the art world i need to see i need to see that room i need to see the dining room at red booster miami i need to see that kara walker mural yes, live because yes, yes. that's so heavy so heavy well, we're doing Walker's it there next really, year so so really spoke to me man um the few times i've had the privilege to be uh, 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 in the same room as her art pieces but um Last question. Yeah, and, and 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 another thing that we have to continue uh, discussing in 2022 is when 
there are so many songs that have been written now. There's so many genres and ways to play songs that have been written. There's so many dishes that have been cooked. There's so many fusions of different uh, uh, culinary traditions that have been uh, remixed and remade. Like, how do you uh, remain or find originality? How do you find, like, if you were young chef Marcus, 19 years old uh, today, and I was uh, young Jason, aspiring MC, 19 years old today, how would we find our own voice? What would that voice sound like? When there's this, you know, because we grew up, we who grew up, most of our, you know, uh, youth, in the pre-internet world where if I found out that Public Enemy or Boogie Down Productions had released a new album, especially, especially living in Sweden, I had to wait a couple of months until either somebody had been to the United States and brought a cassette tape or a record back or until it was for sale at the local record shop in my little town. Then I had to save my money to get it if I couldn't. Uh, I would just go to the record store every day and listen yeah. to my favorite tracks until I knew them by heart. Uh, but today with, you know, everything is a few clicks away, uh, the music, the food, the, the, uh, the, what do you call it? Um, yeah, any experience, the, 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 the how to you go onto YouTube. How do I, uh, make a cheese souffle? Mm-hmm. It's on YouTube. Like you can learn it. Uh, a lot of mystery. It's very demystified today. Like, how do you find originality in that? But it That's is, something I'd but like it to is, speak, But it is, speak right? On. Because nothing beats do, right? Like I always say, mm-hmm. like, you know, when you pull up in Tokyo and you go to a fish market, the smell. Like, mm-hmm. you, you, I'm sorry, YouTube can't translate that, right? The, mm-hmm. the conversations, although I don't understand the language, but you know it's about picking the best seafood, right? So you're surrounded mm-hmm. with people that have one goal is to pick the best seafood. And that's the energy. That's the respect. So whenever that gets on a plate, you know the work ethic and why it's so, um, you know, priced in a certain way and respected, right? So for me, I feel like you got to balance this. I have everything on my phone available, but nothing beats mm-hmm. due. Like if I would be 19 mm-hmm. today, I would first stop, I would go, I would go to Lagos. I would go pull up with my chef, Michael, and I would study original in, in, in West Africa. And I'll tell you, there's a lot of stuff coming. Like there is a cuisine that's going to come out of Africa now that is mixed with Chinese because obviously Chinese has been in Africa for 20 years, which means mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. there's an Ethiopian Chinese, there's Nigerian Chinese, there's a, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, and these will not become small cuisines. These will become world cuisines. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, so that's something, that's why for me, it's not about following whatever someone teaches you in, the, in school, it's like learn the craft, then get the hell out and just study yourself, you know, and, mm. and create uh, things with your friends that are, that you guys are into, whether that five people in that organization or 5,000 that you connect to, because now you mm. have the mm. internet, guess what? There's probably five in England, five in Germany, and 500 somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So you can mm-hmm. create, mm. you live in a borderless society. Yeah, community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Mm -hmm. something to learn from the tech world, but I don't want kids today or young students today to not go to these places, save up your money and go to these places because, you know... Seeing it on the internet and experiencing in real life, two different things. Different things. And you're going to meet the guy in the corner that's actually going to sit you down and tell you how it really should be done, right? Yeah. Um, And you know, 
You know, Marcus, what I can't do via the internet? I can't read that bedtime story for my daughter, Maxine, that I promised her today that I have to do, that I have to go do right now. Now go do it! <laughs> I gotta hop off this moment yeah. into that other yes. moment, brother. Go and do the real this moment. <laughs> we'll be talking soon, brother. Late bloomers tend to have more curiosity. They tend to have more resilience. There's stories and mythology that this country has woven around black men. What if everything we've been taught is just all wrong? What's worth more than this fear right now? And that rising after failure is part of the glory of being a human being. Listen to deeply personal, insightful, and thought-provoking stories from the world's leading thinkers and doers. Listen and subscribe to The Unmistakable Creative wherever you get your podcasts. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 